0: And with me, as always, is the one and only, the boy for all season, sweet baby Magenta, Chris! Chris,
1: how is you? Thank you, thank you. Um, I,
0: I'm doing quite well. That was quite the, That was quite the introduction. For, for, what did it even mean? Seriously. I mean, please insert a round of applause before... Uh... Now, pal, uh, we got to share this with the good people out there. Uh, It seems that we have some unfortunate news. It looks like cancel culture has come for the boys at the Between the Cracks podcast. If you could believe it.
1: (laughs) Well, I can believe it, but
0: I'm actually surprised it took this long. Yes, I couldn't believe it. I got a little notification for one of the reviews. A beautiful one-star review, I might add. Uh, If... You mind, Chris? Could you read it to the fine people, and then we could uh, unravel the layers of it and see what we can uh, gather from it.
1: Love to. The title: "Not Loving It." Ooh. By anonymous. Oh. Stupid sound effects. (laughs) Oh no! um, Mocking the individuals involved. Bullshit. All just for laughs at less fortunate, rather than any interesting investigation now i will say the investigation is really
0: usually not (laughs) i will give this person that much you are correct chris the our research and uh our formula for getting ready for each week is not the best but i steadfastly disagree with the mocking uh, of the victims that has never happened I mean, what are we even talking about? The the fucking skits that we do in the beginning of the show, or if we attack anybody, it's the fucking perpetrator of the crime.
1: Get real. Yeah, either the perpetrator, or sometimes when we we hear these like lame haunting stories that people give, but never a victim of any sort. We would never no. do anything like that. We're very sympathetic
0: to well, everyone, of course. But you know, with all that said, and the way cancel culture works today, I want to take a moment to apologize if you don't mind. Oh, God, this really pains me. We would like to just really apologize for the use of all the uh, brilliant sound effects that we use. <laughs> that one had lungs. Oh. Now, hold on one second. Hold on. I'm not done apologizing yet. <laughs> oh, I'm not done just yet. We have one more person that wants to say something. <laughs> oh, thank you, blue balls. blue balls. We knew you had it in you need to stick up for us, pal. So, uh, Chris, yeah, that's it. I mean, that was the big news from uh, this past week regarding the podcast. I saw that. I was fucking laughing. Now, Chris, with all that said, I'm exhausted and I have a splitting headache. We must get going On tonight's episode so sticking with last week's paranormal story about the haunted the hands resist him painting chris we are going on another haunted adventure this week bud but i think there might be a little more credibility to this one so we might have to keep the jokes on the back burner for now because this one is definitely a little more frightening than the haunted painting bud because tonight chris we are talking about the Abandoned Lake Shawnee Amusement Park. Now, Chris, have you ever heard of the Lake Shawnee Amusement Park?
1: I have not heard of this place before. Anything that deals with abandoned anything, really, is already a frightening way to start it off.
0: (laughs) Oh, you're absolutely right, dude. For some reason, I always find abandoned amusement parks very creepy and also abandoned malls i don't know what it is about an abandoned mall like you know when you see like the overgrowth of uh, vegetation like on the old elevators and stairs and shit like that always fucking freaks me out
1: especially if it's like a large building like an insane asylum obviously has a little more creepiness to it but like a very large structure that's just empty like there's nothing
0: well i i think Part of the issue is that, you know, these used to be places that were filled with life. Tons of people around, good times, When now, now. I mean, well, for the most part, good times. Uh, and now they're just abandoned. They're dead.
1: Yeah, it's right. It's just like, especially when you're talking about a park like this or like a carnival, like those are just like, that's like what they use in, in haunted houses as their theme.
0: Well, that's it, man. Even when amusement parks are filled with people, there's still something a little bit, I don't know, kind of sinister about them. But that might just be me, because I remember back when I was a young kid, I I tell these stories all the time, how my mom used to let me watch these fucking horror films, these early 1980s horror films. And uh, the one I remember was called Funhouse. And I watched that thing when I was about six or seven years old. It was about a group of kids <laughs> that go into a funhouse at this amusement park, like on one of these like roller coasters, and they're, they're supposed to come out the other end, but they never come out, and they ended up getting terrorized by this fucking lunatic that lives inside of it. So there's always that little aspect of amusement parks that kind of freak me out. And then, of course, you got the clowns and all the other shit. And then if the amusement park is abandoned on top of that, well, forget it, man. So uh, let's get into this, Chris. Let's dig... Uh... <laughs> Oh shit! (laughs) Maybe there is signs of life right there. There might be signs of life after all at the Shawnee Amusement Park. So, Chris, let's get into this. The Lake Shawnee Amusement Park, and that park is located in Princeton, West Virginia. So, as we said, it's abandoned. This thing is defunct. For all intents and purposes, it's dead. But it had a previous life of roughly 40 years because it was in business from 1926 till 1966. And from that point forward, Chris, for nearly 60 years, this place has been abandoned. What's crazy looking about this place is that The rides were still left there. We have a Ferris wheel that's still standing. We have a swing ride that is still standing, but it's covered in vegetation. There are trees growing through the fucking things. It's all rusted to hell. It looks terrible. Now, these rides are going to come into play when we go backwards and tell the good people about the history, um, or I should say the disastrous history, of the Lake Shawnee Amusement Park. It's this park's history, dude, that gives it its haunted reputation. As I say every week, Chris, we need to go backwards to go forward. And now we're going to go way back this time, pal. We are going to go back, believe it or not, to the mid-1700s. Now, Chris, let me ask you, when a place is haunted, there's generally something that comes up number of times with the aforementioned haunted places past. Now, we've seen this in the Poltergeist movies where we discussed this before. What would you say could possibly be on a piece of property that could cause it to be haunted? Chris, what says you? Well, usually it has something to do with something that resides in the ground. Yeah, right you are, pal, and that's exactly what we have here. Apparently, the Lake Shawnee Amusement Park was built on an ancient indian burial ground and we actually have some verified information of this so let's give a quick rundown of the happenings in the mid 1700s and then we could decipher what happened there and see if there really is any kind of haunted spirits living there there was a land dispute as you can imagine between the native americans and the new settlers so you had the colonial settlers coming in and moving westward right and uh, pushing the Native Americans out of their land and claiming some of that land for themselves. And that's exactly the start of this story, Chris, because this all took place in Princeton, West Virginia, on the very land in which the Lake Shawnee Amusement Park resides to this day. As the story goes, there was a gentleman by the name of Mitchell Clay, who set out westward and took control of, get this, Chris, it's not a parcel of land, we're looking at 800 acres. So this guy steamrolls into town and takes this piece of land for himself, a land in which the Native Americans had resided in and had inhabited for hundreds of years. So you could imagine right there, you're going to have conflict, And that's exactly what we had. This is the beginning of the end for anything normal that takes place on this piece of land. So the year is 1783, Chris. And as I said, the Clay family had this 800-acre farm. And you could imagine that the tension between the settlers and the Native Americans was still running high especially because this was originally their land and they're just not having it anymore they're fucking pissed off so one day when uh, mitchell clay the dad went off to do something the indian tribes were watching from within the woods it was at that point that they attacked the clay children a group of native americans came by and killed his younger son by the name of bartley and then his daughter was fucking stabbed to death and her name was tabitha and then get this chris this is probably the worst part his oldest son ezekiel was burned at the stake he was burned alive so you could imagine when mitchell clay gets back from hunting he sees all this shit he loses his mind he loses his shit and he wants revenge right So he gets a group of guys together, a group of settlers, and he heads off to attack the Native Americans. He ends up killing quite a few of them. So now you have a land that is just covered in dead bodies. And as we come to find out, that land (laughs) is what the Lake Shawnee Amusement Park was built on, Chris with all that history and all that dark history that you might want to just stay away from this piece of land it, it just does not have good vibes and uh, you know if you do anything there it might end up opening up Pandora's box and unfortunately that's what we think happens but it didn't happen quickly Chris because that land stayed untouched for nearly 150 years I'd say That was until the year 1926, when a gentleman by the name of Conley Snidow actually purchased the land. And he didn't just purchase the land to put up a house. My man, he broke ground and built a very small amusement park. That amusement park would then grow in to be a rather large park. A large park called the Lake Shawnee Amusement Park. (laughs) And reports say that our man, C.T. Snidow, did not have any knowledge of the horrible unrest that took place on this land. So, I mean, we don't know. Maybe he did, maybe he didn't. Either way, he broke ground and decided to build a small little amusement park. Apparently, this place had a swing set a Ferris wheel, and a small pond for swimming. So there were a couple little things going on and it attracted a, a bunch of people from the surrounding areas as you could imagine. Now, Chris, remember that swing set. Keep that in your back pocket because that's going to come into play a major role in this story. So, as we said, this place opened up in 26 and for the first 20 some odd years, it was rolling. The place was doing great. All seemed to be well and good with Old Lake Shawnee Amusement Park. But that didn't last. Am I right, Chris?
1: Jesus. Ah, <laughs> uh, Well, yes, Bill, you are right. So while the park had a pretty long stretch of history where it was there was no incidents, starting in the early 1950s was when the first one occurred, and it was a brutal one a young girl who was on one of the swing rides. Now if you can recall the swing rides that they have today, the ones that elevate really high in the sky and they start twirling and it kind of causes the swings to, you know, to kind of lean outward. So picture that except at ground level. So the swings were going, it was spinning around, and a truck that was delivering sodas was backing up. and. The girl was coming around the swing and struck the truck basically as it backed into her Fuck. level of, you know, her trajectory and uh, and killed her. So, I mean, can you just even imagine people being there and watching this all happen? Like this little girl, and just terrific.
0: Uh, well, dude, think about it, too. In that time period, the rules and regulations were probably next to nothing, right? So who knows how fast that swing was going? The impact had to be pretty hard in order to cause a death. True, or, or even just like it could, you know, you probably don't even have
1: to go that fast if your head hits. Yeah, a structure it, like yeah, that. that's true. If where I guess it all depends on where it hits you. Right. So, anyway, a very tragic incident, which, as we know, of a lot of amusement parks, places like uh, Action Park, which actually changed it its name at one point, and I believe it closed briefly. It had it had some. I think deaths there. Yeah, uh, related. That's a water park, and then um, places like um, what's fuck? What's the one um, in Rye? Playland. Oh, Playland! I used to go to Playland all the time. Playland had a bunch of incidents too, um, with like the. I think one of them was at the Scrambler. There's just no park really kind of goes without a history of some sort of an incident that
0: that happens. Even when I take my kids to the county fair, the Dutchess County Fair we have here, I'm always uneasy, man. I mean, when you got the car and he's putting these rides together and who knows who's watching and who's double-checking and inspecting these rides, I I don't like it. But, you know, I still let them go on it and I, I... particularly don't like that swing ride and and that is before i even had knowledge of this you know they go too fast and now now they're too high back then they were too low now they just go too high you know if you lose control on that thing and a link breaks that kid's going for a fucking ride
1: yeah these these rides today are, are out of control i don't know how people like i get some people like that thrill but like you're getting hurled left and right. And, yeah, if one thing goes wrong, you're going to end up two counties over. Yeah. <laughs> uh, it's just – it's nuts. It's nuts. But, you know, whatever. The the way things are built now, all the engineering and stuff, you know, well, it's it's definitely better than it was.
0: Well, that's the thing. I'm looking at this swing set because if you go online and Google it, the actual remaining rides will pop up, the Ferris wheel, the swing set. So they're all there. Now it looks like, and I'm not kidding, dude, it looks like the seat is quarter inch plywood and there's just a couple chains. And I see like a little chain that runs parallel from the side chains that go to the top, and I guess that's where you would hold on to. So I mean I could imagine that be very easy for children to fall out of this thing, too. But as you said, Chris, the fact that this thing spun at such a low level i mean you are opening yourself up for disaster whether it be an incident like we had with this truck here or just hitting a pedestrian that's walking by
1: yeah it's you know and this isn't the only incident that happens there so not related to the swing just in the same park Uh, a boy but at the age of nine uh, also perished uh, in the swimming pond there when uh, he was left basically by himself and uh his arm ended up being sucked down by the drain and he you know he drowned it's just like i can't think of a more horrific way this incident basically seals this park's
0: fate yeah that it's done after that and now i actually looked that up so the crazy thing here is that after the boy went into that swimming pond there and got sucked down his parents couldn't find him so they thought he went missing It wasn't until a week later that the park found the boy's body at the bottom of this pond, man. So, you know, you can imagine that from that week, there were probably other people swimming in there and just swimming by the body and not knowing it. And not only that, but I should say that there were an additional four deaths. So altogether, we had six reported deaths that took place at this amusement park in that 40-year time frame. So... You know, there's no way you can stay open at that point. So, as we said, this place closed up in 66, ending its 40-year run due to a couple of unfortunate accidents. So, the place then lied dormant for 20 years. That was until in 1985 when a former employee of the park by the name of Gaylord White purchased the land. And he reopened it, Chris. It was at that point the place began to thrive again. Am I right? <laughs> uh, well, no, actually. Uh, oh, okay. Well, tell us what happened. While it did actually
1: reopen in the summer of '87, about two years after the purchase of the park, in '88 there were there was an archaeological dig that uncovered numerous Native American uh, artifacts, uh, but. Not as uh, important as the other things that were found in the ground there, and that was human remains from what they are assuming was people that were buried prior to the arrival of the Anglo-European settlers. So we're talking Native American remains, of course. Of the total, of the 13 skulls that were recovered, most of them were young children.
0: And how bizarre is that? Mostly young children and then having an amusement park built on top of it where more children died. That's kind of bizarre, isn't it?
1: It is, and of course, not only is this what appears to be some sort of a burial ground, but it is Native American, and we all know, of course, uh, how spiritual that could very well be, because the Native Americans are very spiritual
0: people. And that never ends well, does it, Chris? No. So, of course, that brings the question into mind, was there
1: any sort of paranormal activity going
0: on here. Now, Chris, I'm going to get to that question, but we would be remiss if we didn't mention that there were reports that they believe that there could be upwards of 3,000 bodies buried below. Wow. Yeah, so, I mean, you're talking about a small town, a small village, so let's get into that paranormal aspect that you're talking about, and the spiritual nature of the Native Americans coupled with all of these disasters that took place at the park itself. Normally, I would say, no, no paranormal activity going on here, but we are now talking about a mass grave. So, (laughs) believing in the paranormal or not, I would believe that there would be some kind of energy that you could feel or some kind of sign that that the universe would be giving you (laughs) stepping onto this piece of land.
1: I mean, unfortunate for Gaylord White, because he bought this land, reopened the park, literally. He got everything up and running, and then a year later... <laughs>
0: that's not good. This
1: happens, and then he tries to reopen it again, but it ends up getting closed after three years, and then, and then that's it. I mean, once people know that there's people buried under the ground, 3,000 or wh- however many... I
0: mean, you got kids dying left and right. You got an ancient Indian burial ground. I mean... It, Dead bodies are popping up all over the place. Nobody's going to this place. No Ba d.
1: yeah, it, it's, it's uh, one of those it's one of those unfortunate circumstances for the new
0: buyer. So as we said, this place closed down after three years, and it was at that point that the white family they decided <laughs> enough's enough. We are not going to try to provoke any more spirits. We do not want to fight whatever is existing. On this land. Or below this land. So they just left it. Instead of uh, developing the land more. Or moving on to something else. They left it as is. And left the burial ground. And the rides intact. And that's the way it stands today. The swing and the ferris wheel. Are still there. And the pond. The swimming pond where that young boy drowned. Is still there as well. So I don't even know Chris. Would you want to get rid of that stuff. And dig it up. Or just leave it and walk away? I mean, I I think I would just leave it at this point and say, enough's enough. See ya. Take the loss.
1: I don't think I would reopen it. Or I don't think I would try to salvage anything and get rid of all that stuff. You just gotta leave it in the past. Move on. I wonder if... He could claim it as a, a historical landmark or something and then be like, uh, you know, look, I just need to get my money back for this.
0: Well, uh, we do come to find out, Chris, and that's a very good question. We do find out that uh, old Mr. Uh, Gaylord White held on to the land and uh, now opens the park up to paranormal tours. And good for him for finding a way to make some kind of money out of this because. You know, people are very interested in this type of shit, and I mean, I would be one of them. I would love to go on a tour of this place. He does offer overnight tours, and you're allowed to camp there if you'd like. Uh, No thanks. But uh, Mr. White does say that he has encountered quite a few bizarre things, such as the wooden swings creaking. And here's an actual direct quote from uh, Gaylord. And this is when, uh, believe it or not, Chris, the Travel Channel had a TV show called The Most Terrifying Places in America. And they visited the Shawnee Amusement Park and they interviewed uh, Gaylord there. And he says that, and I quote, sometimes the seat will start to move underneath your hand until you feel cold air blowing. <laughs> We're not doing this again, <laughs> through the seat. And when you get to the middle, You feel something warm. (laughs) I'm not adding sound effects here. And we believe... Oh, no. Now I feel bad. And we believe that is her spirit. Gaylord White's son actually went so far as to say that he's seen the little girl. And her dress was covered in blood. And here's another quote. She looked at me, and as long as she looked at me, I could not move. So now we have a couple of incidences. Do we believe them or not, Chris? Do we believe uh, old Gaylord and his son? If I was trying to be a good salesman, uh, I would
1: probably say something similar. Uh, not oh,
0: to no. take
1: anything away here, but I, you know, we've both stressed our uh, our beliefs in this, and while we don't necessarily believe too much in ghosts, we don't want to mess around with them. So uh, I will, from a safe distance, say I do not believe that these things
0: uh, occurred. Damn. Wow, Chris. I mean, that was just kind of rude on your part. But to branch off what you said about monetizing this, uh, you might have a little bit of a point there, pal. Because now, as I'm looking into my notes, and I forgot all about this, if you do decide to visit the Shawnee Amusement Park in October Apparently, they have an event called the Dark Carnival. And I'm guessing that you go to this park at night and (laughs) see what the fuck pops up at you. So, in conclusion here, the Whites are promoting it as a haunted place and a hotbed for paranormal activity. And they do seem to be making uh, a little bit of a profit off of it. And why not? They bought the place. The thing about that, though, is you can't,
1: you can't like amusement park haunted house it up a little too much, because then it takes away from like the raw like yeah history that's there. Well, as soon as you put like a haunted house with like a bunch of props inside of it, it's just like all right
0: yeah. Then it gets corny. Then it's fucking right. you know. Then it loses its fucking uh, luster. I'm looking at these pictures here, and everything looks exactly the same, and that's what makes it terrifying. So, apparently there's been quite a few uh, TV shows that have gone there to investigate. So, apparently, uh, the Discovery Channel had a show called Ghost Lab, and they went to uh, look into it, and as I said before, the Travel Channel had a show called The Most Terrifying Places on Earth, and the Shawnee Amusement Park landed in the top 10 most haunted places in the world, believe it or not. But there was one funny story that I wanted to bring up, and... That was apparently on one of these shows, <laughs> one of the paranormal investigators. You know, they, they always find themselves in some sort of trouble at some point, right? Uh, one of them was investigating the old ticket booth, and uh, <laughs> and it seems he got locked inside and, and could not find his way out for <laughs> a startling 30 minutes. Although, as I'm looking at it here, Chris, it looks like there's a couple of open windows, that he, uh... Could have easily rather. crawled through, yes! <laughs> well, I, I
1: could have got out, but I'd rather use
0: the main entrance. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, man. So, this is a very popular place, and it is a very popular attraction. And I'm not going to lie, if I was close by, I would go check it out, too. So, that covers the history of this amusement Park. But we're not done yet, pal. Because it's time to tell us what you think, Chris. The Lake Shawnee Amusement Park Haunted or not Now see
1: I do have strong beliefs In uh, the Native American spirit Tell me more I actually Really appreciate How they view animals And you know things of of that sort Where it's less Of a thing And more connection when it comes to nature Mm -hmm. Which I've always really Truly appreciated I think I know where this is headed. I believe that there was some influence
0: from the spirit of the buried. Now, Chris, if I'm hearing you correctly, and I think I am, do we have our first confirmed haunting from you, Chris? We're we're talking about... Say it! (laughs) God damn it, just say it, Chris! (laughs) We're all on the edge of our seats. Yes. God damn it! <laughs> oh my it. god! There we have it, folks. We have it. Chris's first confirmed haunting. I I just think
1: there was so many bodies that were buried underneath this park. Ah, you're just begging for it. I mean, there's the there is there,
0: there is no wiggle room here.
1: Right. If anything was going to happen, it was going to happen at this place.
0: Yes. Uh, I'm not even going to go into a long, dramatic uh, explanation here, Chris. I'm just going to come right out and say it. Yes, this place is absolutely haunted. Now, ghost and goblin type? No. But I'm telling you, there, like you said, there's a spiritual aspect that I would not fuck with at all. And I just find it very odd. you know. They say that there could be upwards of 3,000 bodies buried there, and the first 13 that they find are children. And the fact that it was an amusement park that was built on top of this location. And who do amusement parks attract? Children. And who suffered terrible fates at the amusement park? Children. So I don't like it. I got a terrible vibe. I am 100% certain, Chris, that the Lake Shawnee Amusement Park is haunted. Final word. Haunted. Wow, 100%. percent hmm 100%. There's no wiggle room here, Chris. I said it. But that's it, Chris. That is the case of the Lake Shawnee Amusement Park. And we've been running with these paranormal stories lately, and I kind of like it. So uh, we might keep the ball rolling next week with one, but uh, we'll see uh, what we feel like doing. Because, Chris... We have that Patreon episode coming out, which is another paranormal story. But unfortunately, everybody, this involves (laughs) Chris and I getting fucked up by uh, some sort of paranormal
1: entity. This is our own experience with the paranormal. And, uh, well, unfortunately, one that... (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> a person that was
0: not paranormal, uh, just perhaps a case an innocent of bystander. <laughs> perhaps a case of breaking and entering. We don't know, uh, but <laughs> but you'll have to stay tuned <laughs> on but, Patreon. But that was uh, all our own doing, anyway. So with all that said, Chris, pal, let's shut the gate on this uh, episode and uh, get the hell out of here. So let me give the little rundown here, and we will be on our merry way. You want to get in touch with us, you can reach us at btcpod 2020gmailcom 2020 at gmail.com. Or if you want to get in touch with Chris, he's on Facebook at the Between the Cracks Podcast. Or if you want to get in touch with me, I am on Instagram at the Between the Cracks Podcast. And what else do I want to say here? Chris, if you would like to become a patron, the link is in the show notes. We have all sorts of good things request to show free mugs shout outs anything uh you may like take a look at the different tiers that we have to offer and also if you would like to uh buy any btc merch the link for that shop is in the show notes also and you can find us on teespring just search btc and we will pop right up with all that said pal what do you say we wish the fine fine people out in podcast land the fondest oh farewells That wasn't too bad. I mean, there were some fuck-ups, but other than that.